0: Hey, it's the Left Coasters Podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm
1: Brian. And I am Tony, and you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters Podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions, and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Welcome everyone to the playoffs, the wildcard edition 2018 2019. Happy New Year! The Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. We have survived our third regular season as a podcast. We now enter our third postseason. And both the teams that we cover, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams, have done what we've been telling you they were going to do since the beginning. They both have made the playoffs. So congratulations, Woo! Los Angeles. Tonight, today we're going to break down the wild card games at the end. We'll predict to you Every game that is happening this weekend, we will give you our predictions for the NFC championship game, the AFC championship game, and the Super Bowl. The question is, do we have an L.A. versus L.A. at the finish? Uh, We also have some fun stuff to do because I pulled the predictions that we made week one for the playoffs and how terrible they were. Oh, boy. Oh, it was bad. But first, before we talk about Antonio Brown, before we talk about the coaching vacancies, I want to uh, tip my cap to Matthew D'Angelo Antonio. For being the his winning his first pick'em crown, uh, the last two weeks of picks, uh, Brian and Dangles both weeks went 12 and four. Ooh. I went 11 and five both weeks. Brian and I end up tied for second, 153 wins, 101 losses. Dangles. 157 wins, 97 yeah, losses. Kept under the that 100 loss mark. All right, the champion. Like Do you have that. anything to say to your fans, Dangles? Um, I always knew that
0: I would be standing atop the podium at the end of the year, uh, despite my detractors and doubters. Uh, it was a tough slog, and and all, all the credit in the world to our two-time defending champion. Yeah, uh, and uh, now that that leaves Tony as the only left coaster to have not won a him challenge. So we'll yeah. get him next year. Teabag.
1: The man, the man who uh, who listened know, uh, is the most intelligent on the panel, is not the pick'em champion for the third huh. straight season. Uh, <laughs> as funny how that works. How funny how that <laughs> as, works <indeed>. As for <laughs> gravestones, uh, we all ended up with nine playoff teams, and we've killed, we killed three playoff teams. Dangles and I killed Dallas and Seattle. Uh, Dangles killed Indy. I killed Baltimore, who at the very end cost me this mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Brian, the last week, killed Philadelphia, which cost him, as he also yep. had killed Indy and Chicago in the first week. So we all end up... With nine playoff teams. I'll now, take boys,
0: that. I'll take that.
1: I, I, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take 75% on the playoff
0: teams. i want good to do with it's that. that. It's not good enough, it's not enough for me. Speaking
1: of 75% dangles, what a nice number you just brought up. Because as of today, only 75% of the NFL head coaches retained their job from the end of the regular season to this current broadcast. 8 Head coaching, a vacancies, eight of them. That's a I, bloodbath. I was stunned by a few. Uh, Arizona's guy, he did not do well, but Steve it was Wilkes. his first year, and now he's gone. It's the team seemed to play for him. again, again.
0: I go back to putting
1: Josh Rosen
0: in on the yep. final drive of a game that you could have won. I honestly think that was, if that wasn't the nail in the coffin, that was like them starting to build the coffin for him because it was that not was good. It, it, their owner. It, their it, owner explained matter. It, very funny. it didn't matter in the end, but that. That's just the kind of decision where if I'm an owner or a GM, I'm going. D- now you want to bring this guy in, okay? That scares me for a head coach. And he said it.
2: The owner said it best. He said, "I, I didn't see a, f- uh, I didn't see a team on the field that was competitive." Yeah, and that's, well, and that's a problem in this league. Every you got to be competitive. Yeah. you don't have to be great, but yes. you be competitive.
1: Yeah. Speaking of competitive, I have uh, I have power ranked. These coaching vacancies, these eight coaching vacancies, and I'm going to pitch them to you two. You two are going to be head coaches in waiting. These teams want to use your brain to run their franchise, and I power rank the options for you. I want to see if you guys agree or disagree with where I've put some of these teams and the reasoning I use. Do you guys want to start at the least uh, favorable position or at the most give me the bottom three. yeah let's, let's start with the bottom you want to start with the bottom uh, the number one uh, worst position out of all these head coaching trees name them all off just I think I th- know what he's gonna say no no I'll do it one by one we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about I know as what we is, go. I
0: know what his eighth team is gonna be.
1: Uh, the eighth team guarantee the worst place that you want to be a head coach is the GM that came uh, out and said in our future no matter what head coach we bring in Jameis Winston is our quarterback the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now has to be the most unlikely position for success tonight, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because even if you like Jameis, the fact that this guy, this GM, still has his job after drafting terrible picks after terrible picks. The only pick that has worked out in his reign has been Mike Evans, and Mike Evans is great, but the rest of the team is not built for success. And if you're going in there saying, no matter what you do as a head coach, here's your quarterback, you better like him, after he's already going to be an expensive guy coming into a new contract, I do not like what I smell out of Tampa. Of bay uh number seven number seven this is the seventh worst place to be and a guy with that they might hire hugh jackson before this uh, podcast ever airs and that's the cincinnati bengals i hate andy dalton i hate that city i hate that team it's going to be a better team without marvin lewis but the cincinnati bengals to me are the seventh worst position do you guys disagree with those bottom two at all
0: i might swap them
1: might swap them since he's worse than Tampa I
0: might swap them I think
1: since he has better playmakers around him
0: yeah well but AJ Green's getting old and he's injury prone Andy Dalton's getting old and he's injury prone sure you've got young guys like 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 Joe Mixon and Jesse Bates uh, who's a safety and 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 William Jackson Uh, Geno Atkins another guy who's aging like I just don't know no one's
1: saying no one's making you play with Andy Dalton
0: no, but where but you're certainly not gonna start Jeff Driscoll. I'm not gonna come in True. here and say this is my guy. Andy Dalton is still a very serviceable quarterback and before he got hurt was putting up decent numbers at the start of the year when the Bengals were winning. He was uh-huh. he was he was putting up decent numbers. I, I think I think I like the I think I like the, the Tampa Bay gig just a little bit more. I understand why I think the GM is saying what he's saying, even if I don't necessarily agree with it as far as Jameis Winston goes. He's a number one overall pick. You can't just bail three, four years after. After, I think on a guy like him who's who's still not largely unproven, but he's put up good numbers over the course of his career so far. I just don't think it's it's time for them to walk away. So I might swap them, but I don't entirely disagree. I, I, could,
1: I could go either way. I put Cincy ahead of Tampa Bay also because they're coming off of a coach that had 16 straight seasons, and I think I have a longer leash in Cincinnati than I would in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is urging to win. Cincinnati might let you lose for a couple of seasons before they expect something out of you.
2: I have a huge problem with, I think – what the tampa bay buccaneers have done from a um a talent acquisition standpoint yeah. yes they're a terrible team they have a they have a way of turning what i think is sometimes the best draft but then at the end of the rookie season or the second or third uh, year for these guys i'm wondering why aren't these guys being cultivated why aren't they why aren't they getting better or
1: why aren't they great they drafted a guy running back that couldn't start over peyton barber
2: yes that's the problem that I have with this organization, and I think that's a general manager standpoint yeah, that worries me. And you're stuck with them. Cincinnati has a funny way, on, you know, in a weird way, of finding some of the biggest diamonds in the latter runs well, of the draft well, and free agency. So that makes me feel better that the Cincinnati Bengals, from a structural standpoint, can, can provide me with, with, with what into I Also adding in this, uh,
1: Tampa Bay is in a tougher division.
0: I don't know about that, actually. No. I, Carolina,
1: I New Orleans, and Atlanta?
0: Carolina stunk. Atlanta stunk. And New Orleans is the only good team, oh, like, I, I think, out of that division. I think you're looking at you're looking at an AFC North that no. had that had two teams going for a playoff spot we'll on ta- the last day of the season. We're going
1: to talk about Pittsburgh. We'll talk about Baltimore I think, today. I I we'll talk about with, Cleveland I disagree in a with you. My only other thing right. I'd add
0: about Tampa Bay is that uh uh, uh next I think I believe that the, the that um Jameis Winston's coming into the last year of his
1: contract. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So
0: so. The coach might. Uh, I don't, They're going to get two know, years out of I it. don't know if they were. I don't know if they were specific and said you have to work with Jameis past his contract. But look, if he sucks next year, or if they can't work with him, and and they go three and thirteen next season, and whoever this next head coach is goes to Jason Licht, the GM of of, of the Buccaneers, and says I can't fucking work with this kid. We got to go in a different direction. I don't care. He's not. Uh, he's a number I'm one. I'm the pick. third coach. You I, mean, know what I mean, depending like, on who they hire, depending on who they hire, the, I don't necessarily think that signing up for the Tampa Bay job means you are beholden to. Jameis Winston
1: mm-hmm. from I'd here d- to Kingdom Come. I don't know. I it's agree t- with that. It sounded like as long as the GM there, Jason, is there. Let's move on to the sixth worst spot to be as a head coach. Uh, this one was tough because I like some players on this team, but of the, uh, the other five options, this is the only one that doesn't have a quarterback I trust. The Miami Dolphins. I was gonna say yeah. they, might yeah. be, they might even be they might even be worse. Could be a worse. Yeah. See, I don't know if they're worse because there are players on that team that can start for other franchises. Like there's some players the that point. you can make you can make uh, progress with. And also, if you're playing the Jets and Buffalo every year, you can steal some games. New England's gonna be eventually. Tom Brady's retiring. Well, that division could be open very soon. That's, that's hard. I very mean, soon. I
0: don't know about very soon, but I think the AFC East is a division where. Other teams are on the rise. Getting better yeah. the Patriots are getting worse. Yeah. And and Miami's as, you, on and, the as rise. and as you say, there's gonna come a day where and as I've said before, you know, there's gonna come a day where Tom Brady's no longer the you know, we're gonna wake up on a Sunday and Tom Brady's not the starting quarterback. Ryan Ryan Tannehill is the, the only thing that t- stops
1: me from but, putting this team high. But
2: if you ask me, would I take Jameis Winston or Ryan Tannehill, I, t- I think I take Jameis Winston because he's a big headache, but you know what? He wins games. Ryan Tannehill has done
0: Zippo yeah. in his career. Yeah, Tampa Zippo. Bay
1: Tampa Bay this year the highest, uh, most yards of passing offense in they the league.
0: They can save $13 million by cutting his ass.
1: And I think they do. But that's Zippo. the thing. I think Miami, uh, whoever comes in as a new coach doesn't have to keep Ryan Tannehill. He can be a free agent tomorrow and you go get but, the guy yeah, you and want. Then, that's then, you're prob- staring,
0: then you're staring down the barrel of either the Brock Lobster or Matt Moore. You go get someone. But you that's go the find But someone. that's the
1: problem. That's the
2: problem. And it's the same problem in Tampa Bay. You don't have a great free agency. The the market for Teddy Bridgewater and Nick Foles is gonna be so high. It's gonna be awesome. And what do the Miami Dolphins have that either of those quarterbacks want over teams like the Jets? Or the Giants, well, or not the Jets. Excuse me, the, the Giants. Giants. You know, like well, you're not going to pick, you're not going to pick them up. So I don't think you're going to get the top tier guy. And this year's draft sucks. Oh, this for year's draft
1: for quarterbacks terrible. I can't wait for the Balserini big boy. Cannot wait. Speaking of the Balserini big Board, the fifth worst team, head coaching vacancy, has the first overall pick this season. And that is the Arizona Cardinals. This team was so far behind every other team. They were in the middle of a transition from a four three defense. Oh, I'm sorry. From a 3-4 defense to a 4-3 defense, now they are stuck in the middle. The head coach is going to have to decide which way do you go. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's not getting any younger. Josh Rosen, he is your quarterback of the future, and we all like him here at the Left Coasters, but it was clear that that team needs some help. The reason I have them far behind, even though I think they have the quarterback of the future there, that organization is run so shittily. It is run so, so shittily. That that GM literally was suspended this year for a drinking problem and kept his job and yet the head coach loses the job because he had no one to play for, and they end up with the first-round pick. I'd be scared to go to Arizona. They reportedly offered Mike McCarthy the whole thing. They said, you can run player personnel, too, be a Whoa. GM and a head coach, and Mike McCarthy turned it down. So, you know, maybe McCarthy Gave wants to stay home offer. for the season. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Arizona is fishing, and Arizona, it seems like, you know, you, you – you, uh, You might not have a loft to offer if that's your offer to a head coach. Like, I don't have anything else, but I'll give you, you can run the whole thing. It's a shitty ship, but it'll be your ship. Uh, Number four. This is my favorite team on this roster. Not Green Bay, obviously, but this is my favorite team that's not Green Bay on this roster. I think this team can compete and be in the playoffs right now, the Denver Broncos. Uh, It depends on how you feel on Case Keenum. I know you two aren't as high on him as I am, but the defense is awesome in this game. They have two good running backs. They have a couple of good young wide receivers, a great offensive line. I think this team could be in the playoffs as early as next year. I'm
2: surprised they're not higher. Well, on your list.
1: that's because the new york football jets are third and the new york football jets have a great defense a great Ooh. rushing offense and sam darnold you have to be able to coach him he had one of the worst completion percentage in the league but if you believe in sam darnold this team with quincy and nunwa robbie anderson the defenses that they have and some good running backs You get a good draft out of this draft class. You build some of the lines a little bit, O-line and D-line. You give Sam Darnold some weapons to throw to, which there will be plenty in that free agent class that we're talking about. I think the Jets have a chance to really jump high next season and surprise some teams. They could be the Cleveland Browns the next year. If I'm going to be taking the head coaching position at the New York Jets, I have to believe. I have to
2: believe. No. I have to believe in the GM. Yeah. To get me great players because I, I like, because well, I don't agree that that team is is talent rich as you might believe oh, it is. Oh, I do. Oh, I do not. I don't think they don't have playmakers that make me get scared every week. Oh, they've the got def- over. I think their defense they, does. They've got overachieving. They've got overachieving skill players like Robbie Anderson. But Robbie Anderson might be a number two I, or
0: love, three. He's a boomer bust kind of guy. If you he, he runs one route and if he doesn't hit if he doesn't hit on a deep ball but in a game, no. then he doesn't have a stat if, line. But
1: if you believe that Sam Darnold is the next Andrew Luck, and you'd have to believe that if you took this job. Andrew Luck made Dontrell Inman the best wide receiver on his team when T.Y. was outed. The quarterback makes receivers better. Robbie Anderson is a serviceable receiver. That defense, that D-line in particular, that's the team I want. That's the team that could beat people in the, in the trenches.
2: Let me give you a mold of a, t- of a coach that needs to be in, in the New York Jets locker room. A Frank Reich. Somebody, yeah. somebody yes. who is really good at getting the right pieces in the, you know, in the in the diamonds in the rough, yeah. like they did last year and throughout the draft. They need to have a guy Frank Reich who can just bring everybody's grade grade level higher and let sam darnold be sam darnold because sam darnold i think is going to be a fantastic quarterback with with an offense like that
0: well and the time has to be now for them to get these pieces if they want to do it while darnold is still on his rookie deal and while they have a little bit more space in their cap to actually do that because as you say i think darnold's going to be a good quarterback as well and once it comes time for him to negotiate his sophomore deal or whatever that next step for him is He's gonna be looking for uh he's gonna look for a pretty patty. I, I, I
1: wouldn't be surprised if this is the landing spot of Mike McCarthy. And I would be
2: super, super, super excited if I'm in a division like the AFC East. Yeah. And and I know where the Bills are and I think I know where the Miami Dolphins are. I, I even if I don't beat the Patriots, I'm in a good position to get a wild
1: card. For sure. Absolutely. I think there's winnable games in there. Number two. Number 2 overall. This is a team that I think is going to surprise you guys and it's the Green Bay Packers. I don't believe nope. the Green Bay Packers is the high well coming from me. I don't believe that the Green Bay Packers are the most uh, enviable position. I, don't I think, think so I think Cleveland takes that spot. I do too. The difference is uh I think Aaron could be tough to deal with, especially if you're a guy who is unproven. I think Baker could also be tough to deal with cuz he has that moxie uh, and that attitude, but not the same way. But both of them are going to sign on early. The question is, I think Baker gives you as the head coach a longer leash to make your young coaching mistakes because he doesn't know any better. Then Aaron might stare at you from day one and be like, you better be fucking perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like Aaron probably has a higher barrier, or lower barrier, I should say, for coaching I mistakes. Think, and Cleveland, I think, is a better team overall. I think they got better players at almost every position other than quarterback. Cleveland almost won the past six games in a row 7 8 and 1 for the Cleveland Browns. They're not a joke anymore. This yeah. is a spot that could be no, used. No, they're rife
0: with young talent. They have a yeah. lot of, they have a, an up and coming strong defense with a good front four, with strong cornerbacks. Um, and, of, you know, of course, a huge breakout year for Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was um, great. Uh, a, a solid number one receiver in, in Jarvis Landry, who could have been statistically better this season, but still made catches when he needed to make them. And then, of course, Baker, I think you have to look, I think quarterback is the position you have to look at first when you're looking at a coaching vacancy because that's where your whole thing starts. If you have a quarterback in place, then a lot of your work is kind of not done for you, but but a lot of those questions are already answered mm-hmm. for you. And I think I think that's what makes the, pa- the 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 Browns and the Packers, respectively, the top the top two jobs here. I think the difference there is that Aaron Rodgers is going to have and is already having a lot of input in the coaching search, and whoever they bring on board is going to be someone that has been you know it's going to be like kicks, it's going to be kid tested and it's going to be Aaron approved. This guy, like <laughs> I also and, and, will versus, say, versus uh... versus with Baker, John Dorsey's just going to hire whoever he wants and Baker's going to be expected to work with him because he's a second-year quarterback. John
1: Dorsey is a huge reason why Cleveland is ahead of this job and also because if you are a head coach and you're looking to make your mark, when you go to Green Bay, you are expected every season to win 10 games, be in the playoffs, compete for a Super Bowl. That is expected of you. If you have one season that's off, you are are a failure. In Cleveland, God, they're they're getting excited for a 7-8-1 season. They weren't even 500. If you go to Cleveland and take them to the playoffs, they'll build a statue of you the next day. Cleveland is where you make your mark and you go down in the history books, Green Bay, you're just another name on a page. Yeah, but
0: but but Green Bay is the place I would choose of those two places if I'm a coach that wants to win a Super Bowl now. Oh. Because because you've only got three or four years left to do that. Because once Aaron Rodgers is gone, who knows where, yeah. where Green Bay heads. Yeah. But he still has that potential. And when you've got a top tier wideout like Devontae Adams, uh, when you've got some young defensive players like Jair Alexander and Kevin King, you know, a young running back like Aaron Jones who can actually carry the ball with a coach who will run A running script. Aaron Jones led the league in yards per attempt.
1: I'll I'll, I'll give you.
2: I'll give you a real quick one. The Green Bay Packers have two first-round draft picks. Mm -hmm. They've got 12 and 32. I think if you are a smart GM, you've got to feel really good about getting more players around one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I would go heavy on offensive line, and I would go, I'd go heavy on on pass rushers. Yeah, they like, need some help. And there. this, and this year,
0: guess what? It's huge for D line. Huge yeah. for both of those. So uh, I'm I, I, I num- number one pick in the draft is probably going to be an edge rusher. Oh, easily. So.
2: I think the Packers. I think the Packers are a
0: great. T- team to win
1: now with. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see who our new head coach is. There Detroit are some, Lions. There are some names that are Minnesota getting Minnesota Vikings. Uh, get are, it to me. There are some names that are getting uh, uh, interview looks for Green Bay that are making me a little bit worrisome. But hey, we'll, we'll see what happens as the, as the weeks go on. Let's move on now to the teams that didn't fire their head coach. The teams that were generally disappointments this season. And I believe that some of them didn't fire their head coach, not because they they don't like who they have, but because they saw the landscape and said, listen, I might be closer to the Arizona-Miami Cincy of these options and i might not get the guy that i want when i'm going up against eight other teams looking for a head coach but guys like washington uh uh, jay gruden in washington guys like mike tomlin in pittsburgh uh what's his face in minnesota who had a failure year and doug marone in jacksonville mike zimmer Zimmer, mike zimmer in uh, uh oh pat Shermer in new york he thought he had a chance to get fired too are there any of them that kept their job that surprised you the marvin lewis of this year
0: Honestly, there's nobody really I'm looking at who I'm like blown away that they didn't get fired. I know you you might say Jacksonville. I know you were we, yeah. we had talked that, that, about that, that place had, is a wreck. We had talked about we had talked about whether or not Doug Marone should keep his job. And again, I, I don't think that Tom Coughlin thinks that what happened this year is because of him.
1: No, he apparently thinks that Leonard's Fournette's fault.
0: Well, I, I don't think that Leonard Fournette's all uh, entirely not to blame. I mean, his absence on the field is a huge part of why they weren't able to get anything going offensively, and then they had to do all this moving around at running back. And first it was T.J. Yeldon, and then you know, and then Car- Carlos Hyde ended up coming in, and he he I think had some issues. I, I have a question he for you, He had some Dangles. issues with the team. And- I, uh,
1: you you love Jacksonville, obviously. Leonard Fournette appears to be a little bit of a diva. Okay, he's he's acting out a little bit. He's not getting his guarantees on his contract because he was suspended for fighting a guy. Yada yada yada. He sat on the bench for the last game of the season with T.J. Yeldon. By the way, T.J. Yeldon, get the fuck out. You're never going to be on a football team again. But Leonard Fournette is getting guff from Tom Coughlin. Called out in the media by Tom Coughlin. He is their franchise. He is the best player on that team. New York Giants, when Odell Beckham goes to the media and freaks out and all that stuff, they protect him. They literally put a shell around Odell Beckham and say, don't talk to our our diva wide receiver. We're going to pay him all the money in the world, and he's going to be a success for us. Versus Leonard Fournette, old man Tom Coughlin getting in the media, calling him out. For me, I think you go the Odell route. I would hate to have a diva player on my team altogether, but in today's NFL, the millennial NFL, you do not call a player out in the media because I don't think Leonard Fournette ever plays it down for them ever again. I think Leonard Fournette is not a Jacksonville Jaguar anymore because of what has happened in the last few weeks. That is on Tom Coughlin. That is on Doug Marone. I think Doug Marone should get fired. That team was a fucking disaster and we I brought the playoff stuff from that we made in week one we all had Jacksonville in the playoffs yeah uh, Brian had him in the Super Bowl we thought Jacksonville was gonna take the next step and Look, yes Blake Bortles <laughs> fell apart but Doug Marone suck
0: I'm gonna I mean I, I will tell you straight from the horse's mouths of people who I, I'm still in touch with in Jacksonville who are diehard fans they're as disappointed as anybody in this season you know they're not they're used they're used to it you yeah. know a lot of their sentiment is, is oh right this is what it feels like to suck again do you like, agree with Tom
1: Coughlin calling out fournette
0: no, I don't necessarily agree with Cough- like I I guess I understand why he did it because Tom Coughlin's a light of fire under your ass kind of guy yeah, and I think that's sort of what he was was after Um, And Leonard Fournette would also do well to remember that not only did he get suspended for fighting and being a diva, but he also uh, hasn't played an entire season in his his career yet. And this is a guy who was taken fourth overall, who the tape on in college was absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, this guy was truck-sticking guys the way we haven't seen since Jim Brown ran the football. And he's supposed to be the next big thing in running. I think he stays at Jacksonville Jaguar. I think they're going to do whatever it takes to make him... Be comfortable. I also think the difference in the way the Giants handle uh, Beckham and the way that uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars handle Leonard Fournette has everything to do with the market. Because you're talking about being an athlete in New York versus being an athlete in Jacksonville, Florida. It's apples and sailboats. Like we're not even talking about the same. It's not even <laughs> apples. We're not even in in the realm of fruit. We're in completely and totally different realms. Here. I
2: also think it's worth pointing out that Leonard Fournette never had problems in college. He didn't have problem the first couple years he was here. This year was all about how bad they were and how frustrating losing was mm-hmm. for a guy who never lost shit in his life. Mm-hmm. He played for LSU. He was competitive all the time. His first year, he made his team competitive. Yep. He carried that team on his back. He yep. made Blake Bortles good. Yep. So he was brought back down to earth this year, and I think Tom Coughlin is, is sitting this young man down and giving him the, the spiel, okay? You're not perfect you're fallible, you got hurt most this year, we're going to do everything we can to get you. That's where the proof is in the pudding. Mm. They're going to put every single body they can in that locker room that is going to get this kid a Super Bowl, and it starts with their quarterback. If Tom Coughlin goes out there and blows the opportunity to get Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to lose my mind, because I think Teddy Bridgewater deserves to be in a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's a he's a Florida kid. He's, he's well, that's, that's, what, home- that's
0: what worries me, honestly, because they had opportunities to address this, and I've I've griped about this on the podcast before. They had opportunities to address their quarterback play over the course of the season, and they chose not to, which is either saying that we have some blind faith in either Cody Kessler or Blake Bortles. Bortles doesn't think he's coming back next year. He's talking about how he understands why people see him as a scapegoat, even though he doesn't feel like he is one. Blake Bortles isn't going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar next year. Cody Kessler is not going to be the quarterback in the future. They didn't do anything about their quarterback problem. So what makes you think they're going to do anything in the offseason?
1: They need to make a decision at quarterback. But the problem is they have a problem with a couple of these teams we're talking about right now is that they don't have any money. They don't have any cap room. Big Bortles is gonna cost them so much money, even if they cut or trade him. And then, what are you gonna do? Well, I I think Jalen Ramsey needs a contract too. I
2: also think. Well, that's that's where things I think are gonna be compromised. I think they're gonna find ways to to make it work, but I think they're gonna look at a kid maybe in this draft and pair him up with Leonard Fournette. I think they've they're they might get Haskins. I could see Haskins in a in a Jacksonville Jaguar jersey they're gonna next be able year. To draft him. So so to answer your question from earlier, do I think the Jacksonville Jaguars should they have fired Doug Marrone? No, I mm. think they need him for one more year. The one team I'm actually very surprised that didn't get didn't fire their coach this is going to surprise people. Ron Rivera,
1: Carolina. I think Ron yeah, Rivera they deserved apart, didn't they? I
2: think if this was a more rich coaching pool, yeah. just a tad bit more, yeah. I think every coach in the league would drool. To coach the Carolina Panthers, you don't mm. think Bruce Arians would come out of his out of his coffin to to <laughs> to, to come coach for the Carolina Pan- t-
0: Panthers? I don't know that I want to. I don't know so much that I want to coach Cam.
1: It depends if you like Cam. Or oh not. my depends god! If you like do you Cam, know how, many, t- how many how p- many coaches just would
2: die at that?
1: I think I think Cam is a well liked figure in the NFL. I do agree that'd be a sexy coaching he might spot. Well liked. I am but surprised he didn't not, get a job. You know. Um, it,
0: Whether or not you know how to deal with him is a different story.
1: Speaking of divas, though, I do want to talk about this one little factor. It might have changed by the time we release this podcast. It's going so fast. But Antonio Brown's situation in Pittsburgh. he's a cancer. Another team that fell apart, that absolutely fell apart. Losers of so many games late. uh, They they barely beat the Jeff Driscoll-led Bengals in a do-or-die Week 17 game. People are going to point at Le'Veon Bell. But James Conner had a really good year. That offensive line is good every year. Now they're in trouble, though. They don't make the playoffs. They have a couple of old linemen coming up for uh, uh, free agency stuff, and then Antonio Brown, who apparently, uh, this is the weird part, because if the New England Patriots did this, they'd be a, a fucking, they, they would throw the book at him and try to put Bill Belichick in jail. Oh, yeah. But they said Antonio Brown had a knee injury and was going to miss week 17. That is not true. They lied on in the injury report. He just didn't show up to practice. He apparently had an argument with Ben Roethlisberger, walked out, became a diva, didn't show up for the game, and now... According to some people requested a trade, according to other people did not request a trade, Dangles. What's going on with this diva wide receiver, uh, Antonio Brown, well, who is still phenomenal, by the way?
0: This goes this goes all the way back. Yes, yes, he is still phenomenal, by the way. Uh, He's got six straight straight 100 catch seasons, a contract worth more than seventy million dollars, and not to mention over a dozen Mm endorsements, or I should say nearly a dozen uh, endorsements. But this is this has been an issue that's been that's been going on for a while. If you remember back at the beginning of the season, uh, Brown ducked out of training camp with with a leg injury, and then he flipped out at a reporter who asked him about why he was limping at practice, and then he he had a he had an altercation or he had a a a moment on the sideline in like week two or three. or something like that, where he went off. Um, we've been hearing rumblings about this. It really all started last year, after the uh, after this uh, with the st- uh, hit the video he took in the locker room, where he started to sort of to t- to deviate from all this. He's left the team a couple of times. He's missed team meetings. He's been contentious with the media. Like this has all been coming to a head over the course of the season, and now we get the news that it wasn't it wasn't an injury in week 17. He bailed because he he's bailed, because he he's because he's mad he about left. about uh uh, uh uh you know something or another uh, mike tomlin in his press conference says as far as he knows antonio brown hasn't asked for a trade he was asked whether or not antonio quit on the team and tomlin was like you can call it whatever you want to call it <laughs> like that's not hey, tomlin, this is a this is a coach. Out. this is a coach i disagree with your with your assertion that he should be fired because you don't just fire a coach that has had the repeated success that this guy has had but it's not
1: repeated success it is repeated failures when you're getting there when you have a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers you are are successful like that team is awesome in every facet of the game yet they fail every time when it comes close you should not have a team that films the video as you're telling them to stay off of social media you're filming the locker room that's on the coach yes there's Antonio Brown but He was nurtured to be this diva. It's not like it just came up overnight. He's been like this the whole time. Yeah, but I I
2: also think that Mike Tomlin is a coach. Is a coach. You know what I mean? He he he's the X is an O guy and I understand he's the he's the the spirit in the locker room that's kind of driving this ship, but at the end of the day, these guys are overpaid idiots sometimes. And I think Antonio Brown is exactly that. I think Antonio Brown allowed all this shit to go to his head, you know, from Central Michigan, guy was the hardest worker. And you know what? I I I understand that when you're Antonio Brown, you have a certain uh, uh appearance publicly, but this shit in the locker room is out of control. You You don't walk. I don't care what this circumstance is. You do not, absolutely do not leave the game at halftime. Leave the game at halftime. You don't do that. There's no excuse for that. I don't care what's happening. You show up. You put you put pads on and you leave ha- not, in the
0: halftime. Not to mention this was the biggest week of the year. Get out of here for them. This decided their season. Get the fuck out of here. Don't have your best player, number 84 in black on Tony, the field. Tony,
2: name me the last time somebody walked out of the locker room. Name me the last time somebody walked halfway. The
0: guy who Vontae Davis. The from guy the Bills. who the
2: guy who fucking retired. But name me one player of worth that has ever left the game at halftime who is in the Hall of Fame right the fuck now.
1: You know what? He's he's doing so diva-ish things, and he's become such a cancer. Nobody will earlier, play with cancer, him. That his younger cousin, Hollywood Brown, is coming out as a wide receiver from Oklahoma. Mel Kuyper has him as the best wide receiver in the nation right now, and I wouldn't draft him. No. Because I don't want a Brown. I don't want a Brown in the, my locker the, room. The, the
2: truth is, man, like the game's hard enough. Yeah, it's so Don't hard. Want to deal with that shit. Why the fuck would you deal with that? And 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 you may not agree with Tomlin and a lot of different things, but Tomlin has to stand up and he's got to say, "Hey, we we're this is about the Pittsburgh Steelers. This isn't about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's got to get with the Pittsburgh Steelers to win Super Bowls, Not the other way around." Now
1: the scariest part is. As I said, that I think Leonard Fournette will not be a Jaguar by the beginning of next year. I think Antonio Brown is a Steeler. No, because gone. no, that why, that contract that he has is untradeable. It's, it's fat. And it's yeah. also uncuttable. It would actually cost them a million more if they cut or traded him, and it's already over twenty million that contract. Don't joke. Don't even kid that
2: there isn't a team out there right now who thinks they can handle Antonio Brown. Because you know what the fix is for Antonio Brown? Twenty million. You know what the fix is for Antonio Brown? Oh my God! You it's don't think a 20 Jerry million wide receiver? You don't think Jerry Jones would be stupid enough to give another first round draft pick for something? You have to have the space to do so. Sure, there, there's going to be a couple teams out there who are going to consider they're one piece away. Yeah, they're one piece away, yeah. and and they're going to make Antonio Brown happy because he's going to have some great quarterback to do everything with,
0: and and he's going to and he's going to want to play. Bottom but, line, I see here is that the way the way this shit has shaped up. It looks like you've got Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger on one side of the room and Antonio Brown on the other Absolutely. side of the room, And that's probably not a battle that he's going to win. He's going to be gonna lose that, perfectly honest. You are not going to take down a two-time Super Bowl winning no way. quarterback, Hall of Famer, and a Super Bowl winning Hall coach, Hall of Famer by yourself when you are Who a, did it together. the best wide receiver in the NFL, granted, but you're still not a Hall of Famer yet.
1: Speaking of battles that we are not going to win, let's move on to predict the wild card games. We start, we wipe the slates clean. Dangles is a champion of just the regular season. He's starting anew in the playoffs. We have a playoff pick 'em challenge to do, and it begins with arguably the best wild card slate uh, that I've seen in the past five years. These four games are all good, and they're coming up right after the break. Left Coasters. All right, here we are, the wild card slate. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. This is it, guys. Only 11 more football games for the season. 11 more. Will your team make it? Will the Rams make it? Will the Chargers make it? We're going to tell you first right here. And these four games, guys, I'm telling you, that's an exciting slate of football. There are four games that are very different in each of them. And uh, each one of them presents their own challenges to try and see who can come out on top. And each one of them, you know, New Orleans is sitting there as the one seed, New England sitting there, Kansas City. They might not want to see some of these teams come through wildcard weekend. So we're going to predict what happens in the future. Dangles, Brian and I are all at zero. The game right now is playoff pick a these wildcard games are worth one point if you get them right. Next week, the divisional round, two points apiece. The championship round, NFC and AFC championship, are three points to the winner, and the Super Bowl is a big five bucket. So let's start off with the one-point games, wildcard weekend. What is the first game on Saturday, Bryant? The first game will be the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Wow. A divisional matchup. Mm. The third time these two teams have met to start us off. Six- these two teams know each other very well six points
2: to uh the difference is six points in the the last two games between
1: the the these two teams They're, they played each other extremely tight yes very every close, single times. times uh we all had houston in the playoffs in our week one predictions none of us had indy in the playoffs but i've been high on indy all year i did not think they would go do what they did they won 10 games guys 10 games wow. on the season andrew luck Welcome back, motherfucker. It, it, well,
0: and you know it has a lot to do with the amount of time that they've put into building an offensive line that can protect him. The pass protection for Andrew Luck has been everything this year from taking from taking Quentin Nelson in the first round and the, and the guys they've put around him. Uh, uh in you know Anthony
1: Costanzo, uh, it, it's been good. It's been good. No, you. I'm so happy you brought that up. Can you guess if you don't look at it right now? This is the. Bu- I've circled a couple of these thing, uh, uh, stats in these different matchups to sort of pinpoint why i think one team's gonna do what one thing versus the other but do you know how many times indianapolis andrew luck has been sacked this season full 16 games a small number do you know how many times he's like, been sacked
0: i bet it's like eight times
1: 18 times 18 it is very small 18 is a very small number yes, it that's is. just over one a game just over one wow. a game do you know how many times deshaun watson has been sacked on the oh, season? oh the most in the nfl 62 times over, almost the, over four a the Tex- game.
0: The Texans' offensive line 62, is putrid.
1: 62. 62. And it's
0: why I think the Colts are going to win this game. I It's a spoiler. It. I think so, too. And I, I think think they will.
2: And what's fantastic is they've got every single. You got. You talked about Quentin Nelson. How about Darius Leonard? I
0: was just about to say that's going to be. We're talking. We're talking about. We're talking about guys that are going to make an impact doozy. on this game. What a this doozy! Is, this is a guy who I think defensive player of the year comes down to two people: Derwin James and Darius Leonard. Defensive rookie. Of the year. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, defensive rookie of the year. And yes, I think.
2: Yes, and, yes. and honestly, I think he gets it. 163 tackles, seven sacks, four forced fumbles, and
0: two. In picks. a masterful, what? A masterful first season. I think he's going to torture Deshaun Watson. That running game has been not very good the last few weeks of the season. Lamar Miller found his his groove like weeks 10 through like 14. He had like a string of like three or four hundred yard games. If they can get the ra- ground game going, I think it's going to be tough because that'll open things up for DeAndre
1: Hopkins. Even with DeAndre Hopkins, even with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Houston's pass offense was 17th. In the league this year, 17th. Uh, Deshaun Watson had the, uh, I believe. Let me check real fast. Yeah, the highest completion percentage out of all these wild card quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, 68.2 on the season completion percentage, which is huge in these games. Only threw nine picks on the year. Andrew Luck threw 15. The thing that is also a difference maker for me on this uh, game, Indy does not run the ball very well. Houston has the third-ranked rushing defense. But what Indy does do well is throw that motherfucking ball. Sixth in the league in passing. Houston, 28th in the league defensively. Against the pass,
2: I think it really just comes down to that that offensive line for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts yes. because the Houston Texans, if they're dangerous for anything, their defensive line is nasty. You know, Davian Clowney. Yeah, and, you got to you got to
0: neutralize
1: Merciless, those edge, those edge rushers. That's
2: nasty, man. You you've got to figure stuff out,
1: and if you do, you win. It's that I, simple. I really think it's just JJ. I think you just have to focus on JJ. He has 16 sacks in the season. Yeah. They only the, no one else has more than nine. You slow you slow him down. Yeah, no, but th- that's the truth. Is if you can get down
2: JJ JJ Watt, you've got a chance. But, I think you do. But the thing is, once you get in that secondary, the Houston Texans they're 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 not solid. I think the tight end position is going to be really crazy for the Indianapolis Colts
1: uh, in this game, and, uh, and 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 I think the Indianapolis Colts might pull this off. Uh, I, so we're all we're all looking at Indy, huh? I'm looking had, at Indy. I had so many. I expected one of you to pick Houston. and I had so many stats to back up my Indy thing. I'll say them anyway. The thing that scares me about Houston, though, before I go on sucking Indy's dick here, the thing that scares me about Houston is second in the league in turnovers. So, we, plus 13, second in the league in turnovers, and Andrew Luck, as we said, threw 15 picks in the season. Some of those turnovers could change the game. I think the pocket uh, holds Andrew Luck, and I think he plays well. The biggest factor, the biggest factor out of all the stats I said, the best third-down team in the league was Indianapolis Colts. They converted 48.6% of the time. 48.6. You know what the worst third-down team out of all the playoff teams right now? Who? Houston. Houston is the worst third-down team at 37% of the time. It's a weird game, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. I wonder how much the home field advantage plays a factor. Right. I think so, too. Indy. uh, Did they win in Houston this year? They did. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think Indy's too scared. So we're all picking Indy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Frank Wright, Coach of the Year. We're picking him for Indy. Let's move on to the next game on Saturday. All right, next we've got the late game, the Seattle Seahawks at the
2: Dallas Cowboys. Jerry World, baby. The game we wanted. Jerry World, You know what's baby. so funny is that this is the game to me that every year we, we pick teams that we just know are somehow going to sneak their way into the playoffs. These are two of the, two of the teams that we quintessentially have to, to to consider being the most sneaky at getting into the playoffs over the last, like, seven years. They just somehow get into the playoffs every year.
1: None of us in our week one predictions had either of these teams in the playoffs, although I said I was fighting between Dallas and San Fran. Yeah, and I have to say, before we get going on these picks and uh, divvying this game up, I have to uh, apologize to all the Seattle Seahawks fans out there, because if you have been listening all season, the first few weeks, I was calling for Pete Carroll's head. I said he's lost the locker room. There was the turmoil, the Earl Thomas thing, all that stuff. Ten games. I have to say... Seattle has impressed me so much. Ten years. So much. Russell Wilson, I cannot wait for us to do the QB uh, uh, list, the best QBs in the league, because in my opinion, Russell Wilson's in the top five. What oh, he easy. has done for that team and surrounding that team, and Pete Carroll, geez, I, I, I thought they were dead. I thought they were dead. I really did. So now it's Seattle at Dallas. I will tell you, both of these teams stink at passing the ball. Seattle, 27th in the league. Uh, Dallas, 23rd in the league. Both hovering around 66% completion percentage. Don't throw a lot of picks, though. Russell just threw seven on the year. Dak just threw eight on the year. Seattle, first in turnovers. Plus 15. First in turnovers. Dallas, uh, not too great. They were plus three, but if da- it's like dak doesn't throw a pick cuz he's more conservative seattle all they do is force turnovers what's going to change i will say seattle best rushing team in the in the league by a lot too. better than baltimore better than dallas better than all of them first in the league and they got two guys that can hit you and Russell Wilson that's a big point they that sort of three scares guys me. yeah they got three guys that guys scares me a little about. bit Dallas did okay they're 10th rushing uh both of these teams similar in sack totals similar in defensive totals uh Dallas a little bit better against the run guys what do you think differs this game
0: experience. You think so? Experience. Been there, done that is what makes this game different. That's why Dax I'm picking prove this. it. He's had an and issue with that's that. That's why I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks because Seattle, playoff huh? playoff Russell is a scary thought for me. Uh, if he did, I mean, just looking at what he did in the regular season, all the things you said are, are absolutely true. I, I don't know that there's anybody who was more valuable to his team this year, given what is out there, than than Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. And then than Mr. Sierra. So yeah. I, I think I think they win I, on the strength of their really a good running game. Their passing game doesn't have to be excellent. They have serviceable receivers in Doug Baldwin and the connection. I will point out that uh, Russell Wilson has developed this year with Tyler Lockett is incredibly impressive. He Tyler caught Lockett's he awesome. caught upwards of ten touchdowns this year. He had a streak like the first fun nine or ten weeks of the game uh, of the season where he had a touchdown well, at least one touchdown catch every single game. They have developed a rapport this year. Lockett is a downfield threat. He gets open really well. He finds ways to come up with uh, deep balls that just, it doesn't make any sense. And you know Doug Baldwin, while maybe not performing at at hundred percent, is a veteran wide receiver. I don't think their pass game has to be great. I think they ground and pound all day long. Russell Wilson gets done what he needs to get done outside the pocket with his legs, and the Seattle Seahawks do enough to get by.
1: I think this game comes down to who makes more. Play. I mean, this is a stupid thing to say, obviously, but who makes more plays on the defensive side? Because both of these quarterbacks, we just said Deshaun Watson was sacked sixty two times on the year, uh, the t- the second and third most teams on this playoff list, Seattle. Uh, Russell got sacked 51 times. Dak got sacked 56 times. It's whose quarterback's jersey is cleaner by the end of the game that wins the game. The thing that concerns me the most for Seattle, to kind of give the other side of the coin,
2: uh, this is a really good defense. Dallas is? Yeah, yeah. Dallas's defense is yes, fantastic. They and they're pretty, I would say, they're pretty even in terms of offensive firepower. Uh, one's 22nd ranked offense, the other one's 18th, like you mentioned. Uh, so they're not that far apart. But when you talk about defenses, Seattle has been okay. 16. 14th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dallas, 7th. Yeah. And I think what's what's interesting about Dallas, they've gotten hot at the end of the year on defense. So much so and, that it's taken some pressure off of Dak Prescott. And
1: arguably the Mari Cooper trade made them sort of hot on offense. A, They're clicking. And they played earlier this year. It was in
2: September. And yeah. Seattle won twenty four thirteen, 13 And that was they, that. That was at Dallas. Yeah, the
1: only loss that Dallas had at home all season, and they did not have Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm.
2: So, to me, this is kind of a this is going to be a fun game to watch. I'm not quite sure what to,
1: what to what to I'm, think of it. I'm very excited for this game. I think both of these teams can upset a team in the divisional round as well. I think they're built for it. Um, it's tough for me to make a pick. Dangles has picked Seattle. Brian, who are you going to go with? I'm going to go with Dallas. You're going to go with Dallas. The thing is, I'm leaning towards Dallas as well. I love that Dallas is 7-1 and at home. I love that Seattle's 4-4 and on the road. It does scare me that Seattle's the only team to beat Dallas at home, but I think that actually works in Dallas's favor. I also will say that people calling for Jason Garrett's head playing his whole starters week 17 against the Giants. Yes, he could have lost some players to injury, but if you saw that sideline when they beat the meaningless New York Giants and won their 10th game of the season, that that led to such a boost in morale for that team. I think they come into this uh, into this game on fire. I, th- I actually agree with Jason Garrett trying to win that game, and he's just moving that train forward. Dallas is ready for the playoffs. I think they beat Seattle as well. So Da- uh, dangles alone on seattle let's move on to sunday sunday the start of the games will be the los angeles chargers at
2: the baltimore
1: ravens this is not the team the chargers wanted to face
2: absolutely not especially after playing them what
1: two weeks ago and they got their dicks kicked in
0: yeah. they really did yeah it was bad they had like they had like three points or bad. no points 10 before points half, before halftime oh, 10 before points half total Ten points total. Yeah, bad. they had like three Awful. before halftime. It was Awful. like six three in the third quarter. I remember I was watching in the airport on my way up. Back and I remember to New you Rams. guys
2: picked the Chargers. You, you I think we, every, oh, yeah. everybody underestimated the Baltimore Ravens defense.
1: It, it's but they're just nasty this year.
2: Absolutely nasty.
1: Baltimore Ravens defense fifth against the pass, fourth against the rush, uh, number one overall. Yeah, number one overall. Uh, L.A. Chargers, not that far off, though. Ninth against the pass, ninth against the rush. The L.A. Chargers have a better turnover ratio, but not that much better. The defenses, I wouldn't say they're comparable. I would say they're closer than you think.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think even even more the uh, not to bury the lead, but I think the offenses are oddly very similar. Eleventh ranked out of the Chargers, ninth out of the Baltimore well, Ravens.
1: you gotta you gotta take the Baltimore ones with a grain of salt because Baltimore is a different team over the past seven games because They've of the been Lamar better. Jackson ascent. They've been better at points. They've been better at running the ball. They've been the best team in the league at running the ball. But passing the ball, if you look at Lamar Jackson's stats, his average right now is 160 yards passing a game. That would put him 34 first in the league if he played all season just ahead of Arizona. So you're looking at an Arizona passing attack with the best rushing offense in the league. His completion percentage right now is 58.2. Very low. So if you find a way, no one's done it yet. If you find a way to stop Gus Edwards and his 5.2 rushing average and stop the new Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson from running the ball and force them to beat you with third and longs, they are a very beatable team. Very beatable. The thing that scares me, though, is that the Chargers didn't do it. No, they, they didn't. didn't. And it was just two it. weeks ago.
2: And I don't know what has changed the last couple weeks that's going to give the Chargers... What I mean, is somebody coming in from injury? Yeah. I, I don't. And I don't know schematically what you do because you know what? The last time I checked, I think Lamar Lamar was what five and one, yeah, six and one. He's five and one, yeah. Holy Lord!
1: No, he might even be six and one.
2: He's the youngest player at age twenty one to start a, a a a playoff game in the NFL. I'm wondering, I'm just wondering, what his uh, psyche will be in a game where he's seen a defense twice now. Mm-hmm. And and what ha- and what do you do differently? You put
1: a spy on them. You 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 know you just you don't underestimate the it's the, same the pass thing from, option from Gus Bradley's yeah. side. You've seen this team already. You know what their tendencies are. It was just two weeks ago they couldn't have added a lot more to change their offense right now, especially being a, a run pass option uh, uh, option offense as simple as it is. This defense knows what's coming to them now, and yeah. they got. They, we'll say it again. They got their dicks kicked in in that first game okay? They should be man up and try to play a little bit harder and not want the same uh, uh, result. There's enough tape on Lamar Jackson
0: now that I, I, I don't see any reason why the Chargers coaching staff shouldn't have a, a pretty good idea of how this is going to go out. Because here's how these drives work for the Baltimore Ravens, okay? They pick and pick and pick away at you and they give Gus Edwards the ball and he ch- he, he rips off three here and five there and maybe a big 10 Even or 15 two. yarder. And then they get to the 25 yard line just outside the red zone and they run an option play. They run it, they they run a simple zone option where you know where where Lamar Jackson gets to decide whether he's going to hand the ball off or whether he's going to run with it himself, and he inevitably keeps it himself. And I don't know if it's just bad QB spying or no QB spying, but he scampers his way in from 20 or 25 yards out, and that's how they score. This is a one-dimensional offense. If you take away their running game, they have nothing. You know who their leading receiver is? John Brown. We haven't heard from him since like week ten.
1: I know he's on my fantasy they haven't, team. haven't. I
0: know. I um, know he has on a couple of mine too. But you know so, what makes
2: them dangerous is the tight ends. It's not the re- it's not a receivers oh yeah. o- offense. It's a it's a tight end
1: b- bleed you to it, death and Hayden Hurst is amazing. It is a college offense. It is a college offense and Hayden Hurst
0: are... hasn't done anything. It's this guy Mark Andrews is yeah. the guy you got to watch out but, for. But but it's it's the, Co-
2: having two or three guys t- tight ends on the field have made them a scary team because of just that threat.
1: What scares me is uh this team has the the John Harbaugh San Fran 49ers vibe to me. Okay, they have the team. They have a a, a team that is just clicking right now. Yes. Uh, uh, an offense that some defenses are going to be like. Wait, what are they doing right now? I've never seen this type before. It's 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 like Ronnie Brown and the Wildcat. You'll be able to win some games just because people are un- not used to seeing this coming at them. The difference, though, is we said it in the Seattle Dallas game. It, it has to come down to history. It has to come down to experience, and there is no one in this wild card group more experienced than Old Phil. Phil Rivers has been here before. What Phil Rivers can't do is what he's done the last three games, and that's throw a pick on the first drive. If he somehow doesn't throw a pick on the first drive, I really like the Chargers' chances.
0: I like the Chargers here too. I th- I'm going to pick them to win this game. I think it is an away game. It's going to be tough, but like we've talked about in the past, is there really ever an away game for the Chargers considering where they play? Yeah. Um. I, I I agree. I think Phillip Rivers has to be almost perfect. He cannot turn the ball over. The Chargers need to take advantage of every because the Ravens' defense is so good. But the Chargers need to take advantage and score some points on every, pretty much every single
1: offensive drive that th- they have. I think they need to be, beat Baltimore at their own game. The second highest yards per average rusher by a guy who ran over 175 times goes to Melvin Gordon. He averaged 5.1 on the year. If Melvin Gordon is healthy enough in this game, I think you steal the, uh, you control the clock. You don't allow Baltimore to do what they like to do. You're the team that has it over 30 minutes of game time. You're the one that runs it down their throat. I think if you man up, you can beat this team. I am picking the Chargers to win as well. Brian. Uh, my gut is telling me to pick the...
2: Actually, rather, my head is telling me to pick the Baltimore Ravens. It makes the most sense. Yeah. But there's something in my mind where I just see Keenan Allen having the day, and Mike Wallace just jumping up. Mike Williams, Mike, yeah. Excuse me, Mike Williams being Ten in the Ten
1: touchdowns on the season for him.
2: And, and and most of them came at the latter part of the season. Yeah. I, I just feel like Phil comes in here with a lot of fire and a lot of spunk.
1: Just, just don't throw a pick on draft one. And
2: I think he throws a couple beautiful passes and gets Antonio Gates mixed into this. Melvin Gordon plays well, and it's going to be cold. It's going to be so cold. Four, 38 degrees. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I don't know if Lamar Jackson's ever been hit. That in that kind
1: of weather, yep. ever. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Three matchups. Right, We're going into the fourth one right now. You have a divisional matchup to start us off against high-powered Indy against Houston, who wants to win a few games. Seattle and Dallas are two hard-hitting, rushing offenses playing each other, defensive-led games. So I'm going and with the this Chargers, This game is a, is a meeting of two minds here. The Los Angeles Chargers, huge offensive firepower. Baltimore, a defense that can't be stopped and a rushing offense that's amazing. Brian picks the Chargers.
0: I, I can definitely see the potential for Anthony Lynn to get outcoached here. That is the one thing the one thing that <laughs> yeah, I would I throw that's the one thing <laughs> I would throw out there in the Ravens' favor is that is that John Harbaugh could Ugh. very easily out-coach Anthony oh. Lynn in this game and that could be the Chargers it's be so, You know what? Special if the Chargers teams. lose this game it will it be because <laughs> you can absolutely it will it be I'll because the, the Ravens outcoach the Chargers.
1: So well we all predicted the another reason why I predicted the Indy game and the Chargers game like this is because of the divisional matchups it gives us and also we all picked this we would have Indy, Andrew Luck the return going up against Pat Mahomes in Kansas City which would be a a fire divisional matchup and then on the other side You have Tom versus Phil Rivers again, a rekindling of an old rivalry. Phil Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady, and it would be a great thing to see Phil's final stand against Tom Brady again. (gasps) That'd be awesome. But let's move on to the final game of the wildcard weekend, Sunday night primetime. Final game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Chicago Bears. Congratulations, Big Dick Nick. Congratulations, buddy. (laughs) You've done it again. See, and that's the thing. That's the
0: thing is if Carson Wentz were starting this game, I'd I'd go Bears bears, absolutely bears, but because Nick Foles is starting this game, I have no earthly idea where to go because because I really just, like, the, he turns it on, he turns it, he, he, goes us, to a dif- he goes to a different level in the playoffs. So we've
1: talked about uh, uh, passing ratings and completion percentage. Nick Foles, granted he only played in, I believe, uh, five games total, but he started five games. 72.3% completion percentage. 72.3% completion percentage. That'd be the highest in the league. Oh yeah, and now is that it by by a mile? By like four and points. is, is is that, a, uh, is that a Sam Bradford-type stat where he's just dumping it off? No, his yards per game, 283 yards per game. Again, in five games, so yes, a small sample size, but it's not one-shot Chuck here. 283 yards per game, that would put him fifth overall in the league if he played the full season. 72%, 283 yards per game, did throw four picks. Uh, Philly, as a total team, took 40 sacks on the year. In Chicago, third in the league in sacking you at over 50 on the season. That scares me a little bit. Chicago's offense though does not let me tell you that right now 21st passing offense you know how much I hate Mitch Trubisky 11th rushing the question is this game lies between can the offensive line which one can win out because Fletcher Cox in the Philly defensive line is as scary as Khalil Mack in the Chicago defensive line who's going to win the line of the trenches Mm -hmm. that is the question this is in my opinion where where experience matters the most I think
2: having Nick Foles playing really good stressful. Let's let's remember, rewind the clock. The Philadelphia Eagles, the last four or five weeks, looked like they weren't going anywhere. Until Nick. Until Nick. Yeah. It's not that Carson Wentz was crushing it and got hurt. It was No, we were stalled out, and Nick Foles came into the locker room and said, I got you, don't worry about it. I'm going to get you guys to the playoffs. To me, that is the difference in this game. I don't think Mitch Trubisky's a bad quarterback. I just don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he
1: stinks, but yeah.
2: I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he might be two years away from it, another year away from it. This defense is to be contended with, and I just think the Philadelphia Eagles are slightly hotter than the Chicago Bears are at this very second, but I think that the Chicago Bears are a nasty team wouldn't be surprised if they won this game
1: at all. Uh, Zero part of me would be. This is going to be hard for me because everyone knows how much I hate the Chicago Bears and how much I want to pick Philly to win this game, but Other than these Nick Foles completion percentage stats, everything is pointing to Chicago. Oh, 100%. Everything is pointing to Chicago. Philly can't run the ball. 28th in the league in rushing. They're going up against the best rushing defense in the league. Uh, Philadelphia turns the ball over a lot. Uh, 25th in the league at minus 6. Chicago's third in the league, plus 12. Everything is pointing to Chicago. Philly defensively. You might not like Mitch Trubisky. Philly defensively is 30th in the league passing defense. With or without Carson Wentz or Nick Foles, you still can't stop another quarterback from throwing the ball. If Mitch Trubisky gets it going and hits those first reads, that's the only read he knows how to make, but Philly can't seem to cover anybody. I really want Nick Foles to win. Dangles convince me that he can.
0: Uh, I I don't know that I can do that, actually. I, I mean... Last year you had you had some uh, a few more pieces I think for him he, he had a running game to lean on and yeah he and, definitely uh, doesn't have this, that this um whatever the hell his name is Adams kid Mike Adams j- j- whatever the hell his name is has been fine um but he hasn't been blow you away the offensive line hasn't been stellar like it has in in, in the past. For me, this comes down to the Bears' secondary. I think they are the best. Like, I think they may be the best uh, uh, platoon on the field. Kyle Fuller, Prince Amukamara, Eddie Jackson, and Adrian Amos. These guys are going to make Nick Foles' life a living hell. I understand he's a good. He's a good at, at completions. I think they're going to be all over these Philly receivers. Really, the only threat in that receiving core is Alshon Jeffrey, and he is a threat. He's been very, very, very good.
1: And he's returning home. And
0: he is returning home returning for home. his first time. So this to is a team be, that let him walk. This is going to be a revenge game, and very much for Alshon Jeffrey. I still think the Bears pull this off.
1: I know. I uh, it's tough. I, I I there are some injuries on the Bears that scare me, and Philly seems to be getting healthy right now. They have a fully healthy offensive line for the first time all season. Nick Foles did go down with a rib injury in week 17, but I, don't, I think he'd be able to shake that off. The defense though, man. I think I think me picking against Baltimore and Chicago, the two best defenses in this pl- in these playoffs, one of them's gonna come bite me in the butt. And defenses do win in the regular in the playoffs. Uh, so I think I'm sadly, sadly, sadly. The bears, by the, the bears way, as well.
0: four defensive players who are Pro Bowlers this year. Uh yeah, fuck the Pro Bowl. Pro just Bowl saying, is the biggest just joke saying, in the world. Just uh saying. I am picking Chicago. It still recognizes great as players. Well.
1: Uh Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini, are you gonna pick uh Chicago or Philly? I'm gonna go with Philly. Philly, why? Philly. I think
2: Philly is, I don't know. There's just that thing about that 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 it factor that Philly had so much grit last year, mm. so much grit, and I think they found it at the end of the at the end of the season. I think they found their groove. Um, they lost to the new, or rather, the Chicago Bears lost to the uh, New York Giants five weeks ago, twenty-seven to thirty. Mm. Mm. So. Th- Somebody can do it. Somebody somebody knows how to do it. It's possible, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles have enough weapons working for them at this moment in time, whereas Nick Foles is, again, making everybody look better around them. I think he's got what it takes to put up a lot of points. 24 last week. They beat Houston 32-30. They beat the Los Angeles Rams 30-23 to in Los Angeles. So I think it's possible that the, for whatever reason, and they only lost to the Dallas Cowboys by by, by a difference of six, so I, I think they know how to beat good teams I in hope really so. hard environments. I think the Philadelphia Eagles do it with their experience. I
1: hope so. As for uh, playoff predictions in week one, we all had Philly winning the division. They obviously didn't do that, but they did make the playoffs. None of us had Chicago in the playoffs. As for the game before that, Brian and Dangles both predicted the charges in the playoffs. I did not and none of us had baltimore but that's it for your week wild card weekend pick let's move on very quickly after this break to predict who's going to be the nfc and afc champions and represent and win in the super bowl playoff time baby left coasters All right, boys, let me tell you right now, week one, our predictions did not hold up. My New England Green Bay Super Bowl is not happening. Neither is Jacksonville versus Atlanta for uh, Brian the Ballerina. Dangles, though, could still get a New Orleans versus New England Super Bowl, as he predicted in round one, although I don't believe New Orleans will be beating Atlanta in the NFC Championship to make it there. But let's put our money where our mouth is. We've seen these teams, all 16 games, no more gravestones, no more pick Let's right now tell you who's going to be the AFC Championship NFC Championship, and Super Bowl. I will go first. I believe, and this is me, I, I know this isn't going to happen, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think the Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs is your AFC Championship game. I see Kansas City winning that game, and uh, yeah, I see Kansas City beating the Chiefs in that game. And my NFC Championship game is uh, is the Dallas- Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams I think Dallas goes to New Orleans and beats them and I think the Rams beat Chicago the Rams will also beat the Dallas Cowboys the fun stops here and we have a Super Bowl that was the best regular season game a rematch of a Monday night football game that was the best regular season game these eyes have ever seen the left coasters watch party part two Kansas City versus the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl 100 points for everybody that's my prediction dangles go so for my AFC Championship game, I'm going to go with what I think
0: might have been the second best game of this season, Chiefs-Patriots. Uh, okay. Patriots work their way back in that game. They win. Look, I'm just banking on the Patriots aren't very good this year. I'm going to say that up front. I, I as a Patriots fan, I am worried about them as a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I think their defense is is exploitable, and they have not been getting things going on offense, and Tom Brady's play the last few weeks has been questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am worried as a Patriots fan. However, it's really hard to to root against them in the playoffs and it's really hard to pick against them in the playoffs because they are so good and they're consistently so good. I think we see Chiefs Patriots in the AFC and uh in the NFC, I'm going with the 1-2 punch here Saints Rams in the yeah, uh, NFC so championship in, in the uh, in the NFC championship. So who meets game. in the Super Bowl? Uh so I'm going to I'm going to stick with my prediction from the beginning of the year. I think it's a Patriots Saints Super Bowl and I think the Patriots win.
1: Wow. Wow. Patriots homer wow. picking a Patriots champion. Wow. Brian, finish us off, buddy. So in the AFC
2: Championship Conference game, I am going to be picking the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: OK, same as me. And for the NFC, I'll well, be at Kansas City, but still, sure, same sure. as me.
2: Next, we've got the—I'm uh, picking straight up one and two as well, Saints versus Rams. Saints
1: versus Rams. Okay, so who's your Super Bowl and who wins it?
2: My uh, Super Bowl game will be the Los Angeles
1: Chargers versus the New Orleans Saints. Los Angeles Chargers in the Super Bowl versus the New Orleans L- and Saints. And let, let us don't just have-
0: throw out the possibility of an all-Los Angeles Super Bowl. I was going to say, we were right, there. It, I, we're re- right there. I almost had it. We right
1: there. I
2: really can see the logo now. The Super Bowl L-I-I-I with the Charger logo and the New Orleans Saints Breeze Rose Rivers would oh, be a hell of a game. It would be a freaking blast so in Atlanta. I am going to select... The New Orleans Saints. Oh, oh poor Brees.
0: Phil. <laughs> poor Phil Rivers. I think we
2: get crushed at the end, guys. Oh, okay.
0: Still no definitive answer
1: on whether he is a Hall of Famer. If he goes Just to the Super
2: Jordan. Bowl, he is a Hall of Famer. It oh, might... I
1: forgot. I didn't give an answer for my Super Bowl winner. Kansas City. I think Kansas City beats the Rams in the Super Bowl. I think Pat Mahomes caps an MVP year I with a Super that. Bowl ring. I could see it. So Tony has Kansas City. Dangles has New England. Brian has New Orleans. Three different Super Bowl winners. It's going to be a hell of a season. I truly think... There is no Buffalo this year. I truly think all 12 of these teams could make a Super Bowl run. Why, why, quickly before
0: we go, why did none of us pick the Rams?
1: I know. I think the Rams have had a really rough go the last couple weeks. They've looked really bad. I think if the playoffs were in November, the Rams win going away. I think December was a rough month for that team. It really was. And injuries have caught up to them. Todd Gurley is a huge question mark going into this uh, playoffs. Their huge. defense was terrible. We will talk about the Rams and the rest of those bi-week teams next week, as well as the winners of these wild-card matchups. But thank you for listening to an extended version of the Left Coasters podcast. Playoffs means one weekly show a week. We're going to cover it all, baby. It's time. Oh, I'm excited for the playoffs, baby. we got divisional next week. and uh, NFC-AFC championship the week after that. The Coasties during pro bowl week and then a super bowl special which will have everyone in tears of joy but here we are the left coasters podcast for tony cavallo matthew dangles d'angelo antonio brian the ballerina Balzarini. we hit you not with a team that's on the bye this week but we're going to hit you with a team that's playing against the baltimore ravens and go away with a chargers, chargers charge, charge.